This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. given instruction in the Word of God, how to walk by faith, husbands how to be husbands and wives how to be wives, children obey your parents and, you know, fathers protecting their children and, and so on and relationships. And we are to set examples to be good workers and employees to our employers and how to be neighborly, how to love God with all our hearts, soul, and mind, how to love our neighbors as ourselves. So we have all this wisdom in the Word of God, and we know these passages, but we're applying it. We're applying it, and that's where the wisdom kicks in. Everything we could possibly need or want to know comes from the Word of God. And as we know, the Word of God is God. So any wisdom or advice we need comes from the Heavenly Father above. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will invite you to search the scriptures on how to live the life of a Christ follower appropriately and to seek God when you need wisdom and guidance in any and all situations you might face in this world. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of James chapter 3. As he begins his message, true wisdom comes from above. James chapter 3, we're going to finish chapter 3 with verses 13 to 18. Verses 13 to 18. And when James writes about wisdom, wisdom, how many of us need wisdom? I do. Always need wisdom. The, the, the one who's foolish, the, the, the one that thinks he doesn't need wisdom is foolish. So uh, kind of, it, it, you know, it just, that's just a fact. <laughs> now, the Bible is filled with godly wisdom. From the Old Testament and the New Testament, we find all kinds of passages. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I do some kind of researches. I hear some kind of saying or quote, and I try to find out who said it because I don't want to quote someone who didn't say it. But usually when I try to discover a, a famous quote, I love quotes, uh, quotes that teach you something. You know, it has a little, like my favorite. You probably heard me say it before. You know, when the world gives you lemon, you make lemonade, right? Add a little sugar. I love that verse. But, you know, I want to know who, who, quote, who made the quote because I don't want to quote somebody that probably hates God's an atheist. But, you know, when I discover, as I find these quotes, that most of the quotes that they're putting on there comes from the Bible comes for the Bible, because the Bible is filled with all kinds of wisdom and knowledge. And there are many books that are dedicated to wisdom themselves, like the book of Job, of Psalms, Proverbs, we all know Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon. And in the New Testament, we find many parables of Christ, and a lot of wisdom, the epistles, as we are reading now. Uh, filled with all kinds of wisdom. And wisdom, you know, that's, that's what James is going to write here, and wisdom is, is, is something that comes directly from God. God created wisdom, because before heaven and earth was created, God was there. God had no beginning, no end. We can't understand that, because we're subject to time. We think that God has a beginning, he has an end, but he has no beginning, no end. But he's filled with wisdom. It's not like he carries wisdom, he is wisdom. And, and, and all the wisdom comes directly from God, but there is wisdom that comes from below as well, and we're going to see that. But wisdom was there at the time of creation. The psalmist write this, Psalms 104, verse 24. O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. 
The earth is full of your possessions. And Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, these are very common, uh, great uh, passages about wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get it, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Now, I'll leave you with this one. Romans chapter 16, verse 27, it says, To God alone wise, so God alone is wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Now, the word of God itself, it, has, it tells us that there's wisdom. Wisdom comes from two places. That's what the Bible is going to show us. That's what we're going to see in our passage. Wisdom comes from two places. And you may say, well, wisdom comes from the library, you know, searching, you know, Googling, whatever. Uh, yeah, but that's still here. That's on earth. So there's heavenly wisdom and there's earthly wisdom. And that's what James is going to point out to us. And so there's wisdom that we are to avoid and there's wisdom we are to pursue. There's wisdom that shows evidence of those who believe and worship God and serve God. And we see, and then there's those who, there's wisdom that, that, that you know, does it. And so let us read the text. And we, we're going to see that these, the wisdom comes from two places, wisdom from below and wisdom from above. So we'll read verses 13 to 18 of James chapter 3. James writes this, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is far from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is, sh is sown in peace by those who make peace. Now, there is a difference as we move on to study this passage about wisdom. There is a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge and wisdom are two different things. And let me give you some examples. Knowledge is seeing the red light while you're driving. Wisdom is applying the brakes. Very simple. We know a red light tells us to hit the brakes, right? Knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it into a fruit salad. The first service got it. I'm going to read that again. No, no, good. Knowledge is seeing a skunk. Wisdom is running from the skunk. You didn't get that one either. I don't know. I didn't have much sleep last night, but the first service got it. Anyway, Charles Spurgeon, this is what Charles Spurgeon, he puts it really well. Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. And so wisdom is the application of knowledge. It is putting into practice that which we already know to be true. And that applies to everything that we read in Scripture. We could know it. We could cite it. We could you know, commit it to memory, understand it, you know, through the passage of scripture, doctrinally, theologically. The question is, that's knowledge. Are we applying it? Are we 
applying? Are we putting into practice what we already know to be true, and it's the word of God? And now James is not only going to tell us where, these, uh, where wisdom comes from, but he's going to teach us how to apply wisdom. And so James is not too concerned about how much we know. It's not how much you know, though we should seek the knowledge of God and his word, but what we do. Remember, that's the theme of the letter. That is why the Holy Spirit inspired James to put pen to Pyrus to write this epistle for the church 2,000 years ago and for us today. The theme of the book of James is a working faith. It's a faith that works. And he goes on as we study in chapter 1, in James chapter 1, verse 22, he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. We hear the word quite often, but we do not do what we hear according to the word. And so God is more concerned about our actions, how we live as believers and followers of Christ. And so that's what James is going to show us in our text uh, so we're going to look at three things. We're going to look at three things. In verse 13, who has wisdom? Who has wisdom? And that's in verse 13. In verses 14 through 16, wisdom from below. Wisdom from below, and that's in verses 14 to 16. And verses 17, 17 and 18, wisdom from above. Wisdom from above, verses 17 and 18. Well, we read the text. Let's now study it verse by verse. Let's look at verse 13. James writes this. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. And this obviously, James is asking a rhetorical question. He's not asking for a show of hands. The question is, who is wise and understanding among us? If you are wise and understanding, we ought to prove it. The word wise and wisdom is mentioned four times in our study in these uh, five verses. Uh, the word wise, the Greek word is sophos, sophos, which is mentioned 41 times in the New Testament. It means skilled, expert. It means skilled and expert. And the word wisdom, which is three times actually at the end of verse 13 and verse 15 and 17, it is the Greek word sophia, which comes from the root word of wise. And that's mentioned 53 times. And here's the definition. This is what it means. It means the trait of utilizing knowledge and experience, here's the wisdom, with common sense and insight. And so that's basically what it is. How do we apply wisdom? As believers in Christ, because we have the word of God, you know, we, sh we should be the most wisest people on the planet. Why? Because we have the wisdom that comes from God. We have the word of God. We have given instruction in the word of God, how to walk by faith, husbands how to be husbands and wives how to be wives, children obey your parents and, you know, fathers protecting their children and, and so on and relationships. And we are to set examples to be good workers and employees to our employers and how to be neighborly, how to love God, all our heart, soul, and mind, how to love our neighbors as ourselves. So we have all this wisdom in the word of God. And we know these passages, but we're applying it. We're applying it. And that's where the wisdom kicks in. So James asks the question, who is wise and understanding among you? The answer is those who demonstrated by conduct, by their conduct and in humility. Not only just to do it, but do it in humility. And don't do it in a way where you're showing off to others and you want the approval of man. But do it in a humble fashion. In the way Christ, Christ set the greatest example of what it's like to, uh, 
to demonstrate good conduct and humility. Uh, he was not proud. He wasn't arrogant. As a matter of fact, he was meek, lowly in heart. And we're going to look at that verse in a little bit. When Jesus says, "Come, all, the, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, come to me, for I am gentle, low, and meek. And that is the only passage in the entire Gospels of all the four Gospels where Jesus, is, Jesus Christ opens his heart and reveals his heart. For I'm lowly, meek, lowly in heart. And so we are called to follow Christ and his example by demonstrating godly wisdom by good conduct in humility. And so now that is the answer to that question, those who demonstrate good conduct in humility. Now, James is going to show us where wisdom comes from. Wisdom comes from two places. It comes from below and it comes from above. And we're going to see the contrast between the two. And first, James is going to give us the wisdom from below. And we're going to see that in verses 14 to 16. Let's look at verse 14. He said, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. Earthly wisdom from below describes a person whose heart is filled with bitter jealousy and self-ambition. And this is a person who obviously who can't stand to see others who uh, are, are in a position that they want or have the influences that they want, and, and they desire to have it, but they, they have this jealousy, bitter jealousy of others. Jealousy is a sin before God. Now, some people will say, well, doesn't the Bible say that God is jealous? Yeah, God has every right to be jealous. You don't have a right to be jealous because God owns everything. You own nothing. Amen? He owns everything. And so he is jealous when we worship other gods. Why? Because he created us. We belong to him. And so we have a person that um, has bitter jealousy, self-ambition. For example, one would say, uh, one would say at, at the job, he said, why did that person get the position? Why didn't I get that position? And that person dropped out of kindergarten. And I, I got a degree in the university, you know? And uh, they only have one job for one year. But I, I, in my resume, I, I, I ran a multi-million dollar company successfully. How did that person get the job? Or it might even not only apply in the workplace, but also can apply in church. Lord, why didn't you choose me? Don't you know I'm the greatest gift to the church? Why not me? I'm the perfect man for the job. I mean, I'm a guest speaker in other places, and um, I speak well. I dress better, I look better. I'm not talking about myself, but really. But why not me? And how we like to compare ourselves with others, especially when we think we're better than others or we elevate ourselves over others. You know, Paul tells us, he wrote to the church of Philippi, in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 to 4, he writes this, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. That is the heart of a believer in Christ, to look out for others. But someone who uh, has this jealousy, this better envy and selfish ambition, proves that the wisdom that they have is from below. And so James goes on to say at the end of verse 14, he says, but do not boast and lie against the truth. Don't boast about how smarter you are or how much better you are. And don't lie about the truth. And the reason why I say the truth, because the 
definite article, the, points to the truth, the only truth, and that is the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, there are many interpretations as to what James is saying here at the end of verse 14, but when you look at the definite article, the, we know that there's only one truth. As a matter of fact, Jesus says, right, in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And so do not boast and do not lie against what the word of God has to say. And so now in verse 15, James deals with the source, the source of this wisdom that comes from below. Now, again, wisdom comes from two places, either from above or below. It doesn't matter. Oh, so, well, I, I, where do you get your wisdom? Well, in the library. It's still below. It's here on earth. Uh, where did you get that information? Oh, I just Googled it. Here on earth. <laughs> where did you learn that? In the university. Here on earth. Okay? You get the idea. Okay? No matter what I wisdom you get is either here on earth or it's up from heaven. And when we talk about wisdom from above, it is referring to God and the word of God. So he says in verse uh, 15, he tells us where this he describes the source of the wisdom below. He says the wisdom does not descend from above. This wisdom, referring to verse 14, this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Earthly, sensual, and demonic. And so we see that he describes three. We're going to look at these three individually. Um, the first uh, description here of wisdom below is that it's earthly. It's earthly, it's worldly. It refers to a wisdom that is inferior to the wisdom of God. It is a wisdom that, that's earthly bounded, is worldly. In other words, from here is not from God. And today, we don't have to go very far to see the wisdom of the world, do we? Earthly wisdom has thrown out science, you know, biology, you know, right out the window. It's amazing how the world who doesn't believe in God would like to use science to try to prove that there is no God through evolution and other things. Um, but however, when it comes to a man being born a man, a woman being born a woman, now they want to throw out science. And that's worldly wisdom. It's earthly. It's here on earth. Actually, it fits in for all, not only earthly, but also sensual and demonic because it's a lie. And now the world, you know, Satan is the prince of the earth, remember. <laughs> He's the prince of the earth. But he won't rule too long because we see in the book of Revelation that Jesus Christ would take the scroll and he will redeem the earth. And that, that scroll that he's going to loosen the seven seals, that scroll there is the deed to the earth. He died for the sins of the world. But unto then, you know, Satan is the prince of the earth. And there's so much confusion and what they called wisdom. Earthly wisdom was when a man thinks he's a dog. I saw in the article, it's been in the article for two weeks. A man spent $14,000 to look like a collie dog. And he goes on the street where people could rub his belly. No lie. This is the truth. You can't make this up. This is the truth. This is the world we live in. It's sad. I just saw another article where a young man, he hates human beings that he actually, he'd done so much to his body to look nothing like a human being but a demon. Another man kind of did something. He cut his nose off to look like an alien. 
And this is worldly, you know, this is what the world is all about. It's here on earth. That doesn't come from above. It doesn't come from the word of God. If only they knew that God created them out of his glorious image and that God loves them. They are led to believe a lie. This worldly wisdom has, has you know, led them to believe a lie that they can be whoever or whatever they want to be. And it's, and, it, and it's sad. You know, we should be praying. We should be praying for these people. As, as, as crazy as the articles might be, if they have a name of this individual doing whatever they f- are doing to their body, pray for them. Because it's dark. If they only knew how much God loves them just the way they are. But he refuses to leave them that way. And so that's worldly wisdom. The second wisdom from below is sensual or it's of the flesh. It's not spiritual. It's natural. And so from, it's from a mental, emotional ideas of fallen man. And you hear people will say all kinds of things when it comes to wisdom, right? What they will say. They will say, well, that's your truth. That's not my truth. <laughs> all of a sudden, we all have our own personal. Forget about facts. Forget about the truth. It has to be your truth because it's yours, because that's what you want to believe. A wise man once said, that there is no such thing as your truth. There is the truth, and then there is your opinion. You can't change the truth. And just because you believe it to be true and, and you want it to be true, it is not the truth. Again, there is only one truth, and that is Jesus Christ, the person Jesus Christ, where Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I'll say it again, I am the way, definite article, I am the truth, Definite article, not a way, not a truth, and not a life, but the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so that is the wisdom of the world. It is of man. It is not of God. And it is of the flesh. This is the reason why when we come to Christ, we are born again. Here we're born out of the womb of your, your mother, unless you're a test tube baby, I don't know. But we're all created out of the womb of our mother, but we need to be born again spiritually. Jesus said you must be born again. In order to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must. And that's, that's what Jesus said. It's in red letters in John chapter 3. Okay? Billy Graham didn't say it. The Pope didn't say it. Nobody said it. Jesus said it. You must be born again. You must repent. Those are the first words of Jesus Christ. He said the first words of Jesus' ministry was repent. And that means to turn your life around. And you must repent, you must be born again in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. Otherwise, you're going to live a life that's led by the wisdom below. Because you can't discern the things of God, the things that are spiritual. In order to discern the things that are spiritual, you must be born again where the Holy Spirit dwells in your heart. So when you do read the word of God, when you do pray, when you do seek the Lord, you have godly wisdom to understand the word of God. You're receiving wisdom from above. The word of God is a breath of fresh air, a crutch to lean on when you're too weak to stand and much, much more. Here on Running the Race, you'll hear teaching after teaching by Pastor Eddie that inspires and challenges your walk with Jesus. If you haven't heard that much about Jesus, make sure to contact us at Calvary Chapel of Milford via runningtheraceradio.com and we'll explain the message of salvation to you. Come be a part of the family of God and experience all that He has for you. I promise it will be beyond your wildest dreams. 
That website you want to go to now is runningtheraceradio.com. Just in case you missed it, that was runningtheraceradio.com. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. Running the Race is a radio ministry coming to you straight from Calvary Chapel of Milford, where we desire to be changed to look like Christ through the power of His Holy Spirit. To learn more about us, go to our homepage, runningtheraceradio.com. We're grateful you spend part of your day with us and pray you've been blessed by this broadcast of Running the Race.